Welcome to the Kupinger Coal Analyst Chat. I'm your host. My name is Matthias Reinwart. I'm an analyst and advisor at Kupinger Coal Analysts. And my guest today is Paul Fischer. He's an analyst with Kupinger Coal, working out of London. Uh, hi, Paul. Hi, Matthias. How are you? I'm fine. Great to have you again, and I hope you're doing well as well. I am. Thank you very much. Great. Um, today, we want to talk about trends. We want to talk about um, an area where uh, things are changing rapidly, and we are at the beginning of 2021. So we want to talk about um, the DevOps area. So some some developments, some trends that we are seeing in the market. And of course, we want to have a look at it with a slight twist towards security and identity and access management. But first of all, what is one of the most important trends that you are seeing in the area of DevOps right now? Well, one the, uh, a phrase that keeps coming up in my reading and my desk research uh, particularly in the last six months or so, that doesn't mean that it's only happened in the last six months, but um, it's just when I've become aware of it, and that's probably because I've been working on uh, PAM uh, for DevOps. Um, and that's a, a thing called infrastructure as a code, which in a way sounds a bit like, what well, I don't know if you remember, software-defined networking, which people spoke a lot about uh, a few years ago. But what what it seems to be is instead of infrastructure being uh, a load of tin and a load of networking and all strung together, um, we're now having infrastructure which is defined purely as code, uh, which should, in theory, make it much easier to roll out, much easier to upgrade and um, cheaper to run. And of course, The, the key tool that is, I imagine, it would run in the cloud. So DevOps people are, uh, it seems, now being encouraged to to create stuff for infrastructure as a code. Um, in, in terms of what my questions are, obviously, um, what does that do or what does that mean for the security of all this? And what steps are being taken to ensure that infrastructure as a code, uh, sorry, as code, is as secure as it can be. And if you have any code lying around in the in the cloud, uh, as we all know, that is uh, vulnerable to attack and vulnerable to, to theft. So I think we're going to be hearing a lot more about infrastructure as a code uh, this year as we uh, move into hopefully the post-COVID period, which is something we're all looking forward to it. So that's, that's one thing that I, I think um, we, we should be hearing a lot more about and it'll affect not just devops but it will affect um identity and it will affect um privilege access management um and computing or should we say organizations in, in general um i think the attractions of infrastructure as a code is is reduced cost um because you don't have to have so many people involved in creating infrastructure um, it's also something that is scalable, much more scalable, because you're talking about code. That's something that can be uh, scaled a lot more quickly than physical hardware, etc. Right, and I think if we if we just look at the at the two components of the term DevOps and we look at infrastructure as code, so there are different tasks and different responsibilities when it comes 
to the developer so they can um, create infrastructure on the go while they are working so they can create different instances and and maybe a testing environment um, on the go just by writing and executing code and on, on the other hand as you've mentioned um, operations also um, can highly benefit from that and it always gives the chance to 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 provide infrastructure at the scale at the scalability as required but also you can um, make sure that you that you freeze a, a well known and known as secure um, the um, definition of that of that infrastructure and fall back on that and reuse it and scale it up. So this is really, if done right, uh, and you've mentioned PAM for DevOps, I think that is really of importance. And it's important for the developers because they need to secure their technical accounts, their service accounts that are embedded in their infrastructure as code. And the same is true, of course, for the, for the operations people who need to make sure that their access towards this infrastructure as code in the cloud or wherever um, is properly secured. And I think that's identity, that's PAM. I think I think also um, that the attraction of infrastructure as a code is, uh, like you say, the speed and the fact that you can roll back uh, to a previous version very easily, for example. Um, but like anything in DevOps, and I think that's why the PAM vendors are, are um, taking it very seriously, is that you have to still ensure that while DevOps are allowed to do all these great and crazy things and create infrastructure like this and create other applications, um, that they are managed and that they, the code and the secrets that they need to do all this stuff are protected. And that's where PAM and identity access management come in. So, um, and I think infrastructure as code is of interest particularly to perhaps manufacturing companies or automotive companies that um, are under pressure to develop new products like never before you know before you could launch a car and it would mostly be uh, judged on its mechanical features its mechanical performance now it's increasingly going to be judged on its software performance and how that software can squeeze better performance out of batteries and how it connects with um, other cars and how it connects with edge devices. So being able to create infrastructure for that sort of thing in this way is, is hugely important. But it has to be, like you say, it has to be secure. Exactly. And then your last sentence, it has to be secure. Um, we, we, we did some episodes around this area already. We talked with, with Alexei about the, the citizen developer who is working most probably also in the cloud. And of course, also adding this SEC to DevOps. Is this something that you see when you're doing your research um, in the market? So this DevSecOps adding security to the DevOps yeah. chains, is this important? I think I think that DevSecOps or SecDevOps is a bit of a misleading term, and I think it was in probably invented by the the, the market to to sell uh, security products. I don't think there is really anything called DevSecOps that works, or or SecDevOps, whichever way. I, I can't even remember what I said now. DevOps, SecDevOps. Um, I think that security purely is is must be built into devops operations and the people 
responsible for doing that are not going to be the people that work in DevOps. They're going to be the managers around them. They're going to be the CISO, the people that need to take that holistic view of security for the entire organization. So I, I really, I obviously think that security is going to become um, an integral part of uh, software development, um, but it will be done through the decisions of CISOs and through the decisions of other IT people who then make the the choice uh, of what technology to buy or what platforms to buy to enable secure DevOps. Um, and then again, comes back to things like privilege access management. Um, and increasingly, see, uh, people are starting to talk about uh, secrets management more than uh, this is another thing that, I predict will happen not overnight. Um, I've noticed there's already a, within the sort of PAM community, if that's what you want to call it, um, we're, we're shifting from, what, I mean, we've gone from privilege account management to privilege access management because uh, it, it seems old fashioned now to talk about privileged accounts um, to secrets management. And I think that's, that's a, a an important change because it's not so much people have privilege accounts or they have privilege access. They have access or they need access to things that are secret or that if they fell into the wrong hands could, could do harm to the organization. So I think we're seeing a shift now between, um, you know, the old idea of privilege accounts were for admins to do privileged things to, users right across the spectrum, um, including people that are now used to working from home on the endpoints, et cetera. So we're, we're going to see the shift towards um, managing secrets or managing privilege, so much, much more than having a privilege account. I don't, you, you may one day be doing, you may work in DevOps and one day you need access to particular tools or you need access to some code or you need access to containers, whatever it is. Um, the next day you may not. Therefore you don't, you don't always be a privileged user. Um, you just become someone who um, is a privileged, you know, a consumer of secrets. Um, and when you need those secrets, you have, you need to go through zero trust. You need to be, authenticated and all of that has to happen really quick um that's the other thing that um, is is a trend is that the speed of computing the speed of development and the speed of the way things happen uh is increasing look i mean we uh we all went on our christmas break our holiday break from kubinger coal um, we came back to find that um uh, teams had been completely changed um, <laughs> overnight uh well not over over christmas uh, there's been yet another update to office 365 so we're seeing it even in the stuff that we consume um and that's happening in within organizations as well where applications and code is being you know it never ends there's never is never a finished um object 
Right. And if you think of, of that, where, where, where is DevOps in place? It's in place where you have this speed, where people have to um, provide solutions, new services, new apps, new infrastructure at a high pace. And it needs to be then, of course, done properly when it comes to the, the, uh, the tool chain for creating the, the code, for writing the code, for testing the code, for doing code analysis, for deploying the code on different platforms. And all of this also, as you've mentioned, requires secrets to make sure that you have access to the platform you're deploying to, be it uh, be it microservices run in containers, be it serverless, be it a traditional um, infrastructure as a service with, with keys to access the service to create the infrastructure. All this needs to be done at the right at the right pace, at the right agility. But on the other hand, make sure that um, this is really properly secured and and well executed. If things go wrong, this is bad. If things go wrong at scale, this is really dangerous at scale. And this is really an, an issue there. And of course, all the information that is stored within the infrastructure as service, infrastructure as code, sorry, needs to be properly protected as well. Yeah, and the, and the, the way that we're moving into containerization and things being broken down, you know, instead of monolithic applications now, uh, little bits of code are separated into containers, which meets all those demands for agility and for um, flexibility. But it does present a, a, a problem, perhaps, of how to, you know, you've got applications now broken up into all these millions of uh separated containers, how to protect all those um, is is a challenge, I think. Um, and there's something else that is kind of crazy sounding, but it's called chaos engineering, um, where developers deliberately experiment on software that's in production um, to to see if, if uh, you know, to sort of stress test the systems to uh, make sure that they, they – may withstand uh, unexpected conditions. Um, that sounds like the worst thing possible you could do uh, to a production system to to introduce some kind of chaos just to see if it works. But apparently that's becoming a practice of some sort. Um, <laughs> it sounds like, you know, failing failing fast or break things, you have to break things to 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 get to where you want to be or to make things better. It it sounds like one of those nice theories, but I'm sure that in reality it would drive most IT managers and CISOs and everybody else up the chain completely crazy. The idea that develop, DevOps are deliberately introducing errors and uh, things that might break just to see if it can withstand that. So, um, <laughs> yeah, being in the, a security advisor, being in the identity and access management field for so many years, that really sounds scary for me, although I get the point and I've come across this term chaos engineering um, qu quite frequently recently. Um, but this is really something where you also, at least in my opinion, uh, being no developer and being known, not an operations guy, um, but, but this is something where you should apply a risk-based approach, what to test in which manner. I think it can make perfect sense to, to do that. To, to really to as you said stress test to get really to the to the to the core of the system to understand where optimization can take place and where you can increase security as well yeah. um, 
But as you, as you said, it's really a, a, a challenging approach. And uh, I would like to see that in real life for the first time. I, I remember um, the financial sector in UK, at least a few years ago. Um, for many years, the financial sector would never uh, test on production systems for the very good reason that they're dealing with the the economies or, or that we all depend on um, and the banking system. Um, however, they did eventually, people said, you, at some point you need to test on production systems because you don't know. Everything just testing in theory doesn't give you a real idea of what might happen. But the difference was they didn't just go ahead and then like do a bit of chaos engineering, uh, as we were talking about just now. Um, it was all done through risk management. It was all done through a, an agreed template of, of process and procedure that all banks uh, signed up to, um, and only those banks that followed this procedure were allowed to test their own production systems. So you're absolutely right. Um, we can't have people just going off, throwing spanners literally into the works um, um, without it being you know properly monitored and controlled. But I, I think chaos engineering has such a it's such an attractive title. I think people are going to be talking about it. For, you know, it, it sounds fantastic, doesn't it? Right. Like chaos engineering. Um, I, I think this is a concept that I've come across actually very earlier than that. Um, I've, I've talked to developers who provide large um, uh, sales platforms in uh, in the cloud for 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 goods, for retail goods, and and they said, okay, we we implement new functionality into that platform. We we test it, of course, um, but then we don't roll it out to all the instances that we're running, but we're just rolling it out to say 10 to 15%. And depending on where the, the load balancer throws you at, you end up with the new or the old functionality so that they can test it in real life. And, and when it's working, they then deploy it to more so that it is gradually rolled out. So that is the concept that I've heard of before. It's not really breaking the system, but it's changing the functionality over time and you won't know where you end up in the yeah. version 1.0 or the version 1.1. Yeah, I mean, I'm reading this this uh, little blog here and uh, it's chaos engineering is mentioned again. Uh, and someone here says it's, 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 it's critical uh, in today's hybrid infra world, as he calls it. But this sounds very much like um, a dev person talking. Um, and his rationale is that unless you test things um, as the customer would experience them, then you haven't tested properly. But I don't know. Right. But I look forward to reading a lot more about that. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> before we close down, one final uh, trend that you see in the DevOps environment when it comes to security, to identity, to privileged access? Um, the trend I think I mentioned just briefly was in the PAM privilege access management is really taking DevOps as I think as their next sort of step forward. Um, we've just, if I can just... Um, promote one of our reports um, very shortly, hopefully by February, the Leadership Compass PAM for DevOps will be available for, for download on, on our website, um, which I produced. And even in the time that that was produced, uh, companies like CyberArk, for example, have even set up an entire division within the business 
to co- concentrate purely on Pan for DevOps with a with a, a dedicated general manager to, to lead that business. Um, and and there are is a sort of a battle going on now between the big four Pan providers uh, to to gain leadership in in this space. Um, but they are they are being challenged by companies like SSH and HashiCore, which use very lean um, vaultless or certificate-based uh, systems that can be easily plugged into DevOps. So um, the, it, probably DevOps is, is is featuring in other areas as well. But I just noticed even in, in the, the last year that I've been looking closely at this, that uh, the focus has changed quite considerably. And I think, as I said, people are starting to talk about secrets management, not so much privilege access management. And I think the two are, I think DevOps is really pushing the innovation curve within privilege access management as a science, I suppose, is, is or a discipline is the best way. Uh, the other the other thing, of course, is cloud. I know that sounds crazy to say cloud is, is a trend. Um, it seems obvious to say that after many years, but I think that the pandemic has pushed cloud even further into the uh, up the sort of mind space of of managers and buyers and everything is becoming developing cloud native applications seems to be you know a, a, the the way forward a, a kind of a a no brainer decision um, that we are moving even further into a cloud based world. Exactly. And I think one thing that we did not yet mention is the complete topic of, of serverless in the mm. cloud, which is not a really new trend, but it's a trend that, that is gaining more and more traction. Of course, it is interesting for DevOps as well, because it's, it's really with less um, administration effort and with, with less um, insecurity when it comes to, to how to pay for that. It's just pay-per-use and that's it. I think that that will be an aspect that we would that we should look at as well. When you mentioned the, the PAM for DevOps document, I really highly recommend that as well. We've talked about that in an earlier episode already. Yeah, we've mentioned it before, but it's it's imminent now. One, one other report that is actually available on our website is one I did on workplace delivery, or workplace delivery systems, which is probably worth a, a whole podcast in itself, but right. there's another area where we're moving the pandemic you know has changed the way we work and whether people go back to their workplace or not and i think people have realized how much time they spend looking for things how much time they spend switching from applications to other applications and although it's a sort of very immature field and dominated at the moment by the virtual uh, like vmware and citrix i think that delivering single pane digital work places to users whether they be at home whether they be in an office spaces is a growth area and again that will affect privilege access management and identity and access management and everything that we talk about right okay and i, I take this as a promise we will have a talk about that as well because it's yeah a- yeah it's something i could waffle on about um <laughs> So Yeah, great. Uh, looking forward to that. Thank you very much for sharing your insight when it comes to trends and developments in the area of, of, of DevOps and DevSecOps regarding also uh, our 
core competence, uh, core competencies. Yes, I, I, even I can't say it. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, the thing that we at Kupinger Call do best. Um, if you are interested, as the audience, in in finding more information about, we've just been talking about. Um, we really recommend the Leadership Compass um, pattern for DevOps, and also the Leadership Compass around the traditional, in air quotes, PAM. And um, if you have interest in more information, just use our search engine uh, at the Kupinger Call website to the upper right corner, type in DevOps, type in um, PAM, or just type in Paul Fisher to um, get to more information of the yeah. research that you are providing. Yeah, type, type in my name and then people, I'll get lots, you know, make me look very important right. um, when, they, when they look at the uh, search logs on the, on the web. Exactly. Okay, thank you very much, Paul, for being my partner in crime today and looking forward to talking to you soon about this workplace delivery stuff. It's been a pleasure. Have a great uh, day, evening, or whatever it is. Um, I don't know. Okay, thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.